This is the Spapreneur Podcast, episode 155. Today's episode is brought to you by Demented Ramona. <laughs> to be fair, she has very tiny humans and they're around a lot. You can't listen to uh, our show. Hello. So I've not been listening to things because even if I listen, I probably won't remember. <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the weak. And the lesson in this was I didn't follow my own advice. This is the Spapreneur Podcast with Ramona Rice and Lynn Graves. She is the main owner of the company. I am the COO. I get to be emotional. Right. I don't. Spapreneurs. Guess what you get today? You get another lawyer. I know. You're so excited, right? You're like, wait, we just had one. And, and he was great. And he was all yoga-y and, you know, meditative-y and uh, yoga instructor and does does lawyer things. We're not talking about any law today. But he used to be, our guest used to be a trial attorney. And I'm sure he's got some stories on the level of day spot. Because again, when people take off their clothes, they make really bad decisions. And that's what happens in day spot land. But I have on today because I really hope we get into this topic of why all day spas should abandon lotus flowers immediately in their logos because we've overused that image. It's time to let it go. I'm sure he has thoughts in it. He probably doesn't have as strong of thoughts as I do, but I do. But it is, um, oh God, I hope I get this right. Ross uh, Kimbaroski from CrowdSpring. Ross, hello. How are you? Oh, great. Happy to be here talking with you and your listeners. Yes. All right. I, I, I have to ask, how does one become a trial attorney? I know in the bio it says, you decided to leave law because you wanted to create a company where you could wear shorts every day at work, which I can totally appreciate. Um, I think it's amazing. But really, how does one go from a trial attorney to being an expert? Because you really are in like branding and building businesses. How, how does that work? So uh, trial work, at least for me, involves a lot of different areas. If I had a trial in uh, on a patent case or a trademark case, whether it was mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, I had to become an expert in an area. So I spent my career 13 years becoming an expert across different areas, learning from uh, PhDs and engineers and others. And so for me, um, like for most entrepreneurs, I ran into a problem. Uh, I was redesigning, uh, working with an agency to redesign my law firm's website. I was a mid-sized firm and was very frustrated with the experience. It was too expensive. I hated the work. Uh, and I thought there's got to be a better way for, for business owners, for entrepreneurs, for salon owners to buy design services. Um, we paid way too much money to, to, to waste it. And so that ultimately in 2006 led to a lot of research and conversations and surveys. Um, and like, like my cases, I, I just learned this area. I, I had to become knowledgeable in order to understand how I could try to solve the problem. And that turned into CrowdSpring. Love it. So uh, it's very similar to my mother's story, how she started this day spa. She was this copier sales rep Ross and she got what she called the worst massage ever. And she wanted a career change anyway. She's like, I'm going to go to massage school. And she started one room and now we have 7,500 square foot of day spa fantasticness here in Virginia. So I, I love those stories because it really shows you that the universe is putting you on a path and you can bring in all that trial experience. Plus again, since you do have that lawyer brain, you don't do things like when you're working with a brand expert, they don't, you don't steal logos, for example, because I ran into that when I first started Spapreneur. Um, someone actually grabbed, I didn't realize it because we don't have Safeway grocery stores in our area. My original logo was the Safeway S. And I just so happened that I was in an ink business incubator with a guy who actually helped Safeway come up with that logo. 
And so he immediately goes, whoa, before you use that, I don't want you getting sued by Safeway. So let's try something else. And it was a big, it, it was a big lesson. Yeah. And, and it's a big issue for us. It's actually, so my, my prior career as an attorney informed a lot of what we did. Uh, we, we started out in, when we launched in 2008, and we still are the market leader when it comes to protecting intellectual property. So it, it's really tempting. You know, People that are in your community uh, think, I want to open up a spa. And, and maybe a quick, cheap way to do it is to get one of these you know, free or cheap logos from an online logo store. And here's the problem. And this is what we're going to talk about today, is your brand identity, everything visual about your brand is incredibly important. So when your brand identity, when your spa looks like hundreds of other and people can't differentiate, you fail to build value. And, and that's incredibly important, not just the beginning of the business when you're just opening up trying to attract customers, but, but all of those initial steps create a foundation for the business that you build. So the reason you have a 7,500-foot uh, spa right now is because you've done some things, you know, maybe some mistakes early on, but some things really well to scale that business. Um, not all business owners are so fortunate. No, and I agree. And, and it is an epidemic. I was just in a free um, estheticians group on Facebook. I spent a lot of time in there researching like you do, you know, client pain points. And it's a lot of newbie business owners and they're very excited. And this is what they were all going on. I'm making my logo in Canva. I went to Canva and I made my logo inside me, Ross. I was like, no, because it's going to look at everybody else's either. It's going to look like everybody else's logo or it's going to be really badly proportioned, or I love it when, again, spa professionals play in those kind of platforms, whether it's really expensive Adobe Suite pop, um, software or you're using Canva, which can be good for some things. But I'm just like, you are really good at massaging and doing hair and doing nails and doing skincare. You are not good at designing. So I'm begging, dear spapreneurs, just like I talked about with Corey, we don't DIY our law. Please, dear God, do not DIY your branding. I'm begging you. And, and here's here's why it's important. So let, let's try to understand why branding is so much more important today, because I think the context here is really critical. First of all, visual design has become a really big differentiator. Now, in spas, that's always been true. I mean, if you think about your clients who are coming to the spa, they're looking around, they're looking to see what, how, how are the towels, how, how are the chairs, you know, how are the lounges, if you have lounges, what kind of products are you using? How are people dressed? How's the, all of those things have always been important. They've become more so. Number two, you're competing with, with established brands. There are lots and lots of really good, strong brands that have been in the space and the business for a while in your local geographic region. So it's rare that you have the only spot in the space and people don't have alternatives. Um, and, and even if, if people are coming to your spa just for haircuts, for example, you're competing with other businesses that are not spas, but, but that offer those services. And then the third really critically important piece, and this is the thing that's driving, I think, changes in the industry is younger consumers are much more brand aware than any generations before them. So when you look at millennials, Gen Z, and younger generations, they are much more focused on, on, on visual design. They're much more particular about the things they wear. They're much more particular about hairstyles, in part because they're interacting with this from the moment they're born. I mean, they're 14, 13, 12-year-olds are on TikTok looking at other people. They want to imitate their hairstyles. They want to imitate what they wear. And, and so... This has made visual design incredibly important. And if your 
spa, if your visual identity, um, if, if the, when people enter your spa, if it looks like every other spa, there's no differentiation. It's really hard to build a strong business if it looks like hundreds of other businesses. Not only that, but a lot of times, Ross, I find in the spa space particularly is that not only is it copying other people's stuff, but it's sloppy. So they, you know, my spapreneurs, I take a lot of time getting their rooms ready and their treatment rooms are beautiful. They're using the best products possible. They're using the best techniques possible. But when it comes especially to their online presence, their print materials, um, you know, basic things that they don't think about every day it looks sloppy because they either have pictures that are not proportionate to the platforms that they're on. They don't have an eye for graphic design. They don't have an eye for, you know, and they don't keep consistent branding too. They constantly change up everything. And so there's not a cohesive look and then you can't build that brand awareness. There's a reason why I love, I've I've said this quote many times in this podcast, but I don't know, Ross, if you ever had a chance to go to the um, world of Coca-Cola in Atlanta, Georgia, have you ever had that experience? I don't think I've ever been there. No. Okay, so it's a, actually a small museum, but there's this huge quote on the wall, and it's all history of Coca-Cola, and it's very fascinating. And the quote on the wall is, they wanted to design a bottle that was so indistinguishable that even if it were broken on the ground, you knew what it was. And I've never forgotten that, because if you think of Coca-Cola, what are you thinking about? You're thinking they're red, you're thinking they're swirly letters, and then you're thinking that curved bottle. And so I want spapreneurs for you to soak this in because you want to be in your local community to be that known and to build a tribe around it. The reason we've been able to go from one massage room to 7,500 square feet is that our clients grew with our journey and we brought them in on our journey and it means something to be. So our day spa's name is De-Stress Express. And so I actually identify with our with our de-stressors. I actually call them that, hey, you're a de-stressor. And then they get like badges and they get points and they get other fun things. And they're like, it becomes like this tribe, Ross, you know? And I feel like a lot of the spa partners, they don't get that. So here, here's the problem. There's actually, we, we talk and write a lot about cognitive biases because uh, listen, we're all human. We, we are all biased in many ways and, and smart marketers, smart spot owners uh, take advantage of these cognitive biases. So there's a, there's a cognitive bias called mere exposure theory, w- which says that when there's repetition, it creates familiarity and familiarity is good. Now, when you think about it, what you said earlier, um, you have this great spa, you have a great salon, you have phenomenal colors, you have great choices, materials, and then people see your website or they see your social presence and they're disconnected. So, so several things become a problem. Number one, they lose you lose some credibility. They lose some affinity with your brand because now they're starting to wonder, well, if you're not going to invest some time in making sure that your online brand looks as good as your retail brand, then you're cutting corners. And if you're cutting corners here, where else are you cutting corners? Number two, it creates confusion because consistency, your, your, your example, I think it's a great example of the Coca-Cola bottle is there's confusion when we see it. Cause at the end of the day, you know, Let's let's deconstruct what a logo is. What you know, a logo is a symbol uh, for your brand, but but it really does two things. Number one, it creates an emotional reaction in a person's brain if they're familiar with that logo. Uh, so if we like Nike and we see the Nike logo, we have a warm, positive emotional reaction to that logo. And for people that that go to spas and they have a favorite spa, the same thing happens. The second thing, the second thing, and this is the important one that relates to consistency, is an expectation. It creates an expectation of what you're likely to get. And so when you 
Um, see the branding, the visual design for a brand that you really love. Um, let's say Apple, you love Apple, Apple products and you see the Apple logo uh, on an Apple product your expectation is it's going to be a great product. And it works in reverse too, obviously. If you hate Apple products, uh, then you're going to have a negative reaction. But but those two things are really important. And, And the thing about those kinds of expectations is we tend to anchor our thoughts. This is another cognitive bias. We tend to anchor our thoughts around the first thing we think or hear. And so if we see something, if we see somebody's website and it looks generic and like dozens of other websites, then the reaction we get is, boy, that's not particularly good. That doesn't, to me, that doesn't sound like somebody that's really taking pains to create a great spa experience. Even if I go to the spot, to the retail location, and as you said, I see phenomenally well-executed plans, great colors, lots of comfort, because of the anchoring effect, I'm still going to be processing everything through what I saw before, which is, sure, the spot itself is pretty good, but boy, I mean, they really didn't do a good job elsewhere, which tells me that this isn't a highly professional company and, and probably I should look somewhere else. So your entire visual identity, the, the colors you use, the furniture, the, the, the products you carry, um, your website, your logo, uh, your marketing materials, your business cards, they have to connect in, in a way to create those emotional reactions and expectations. Otherwise, people's cognitive biases will just lead them to question whether you are the right spa for them. I'm going to add to your brand voice, the type of language and the type of captions you use in social media or the way you describe your spa services in marketing materials is also critical because like for us, we uh, de-stress, you know, my day spa, we call ourselves a mixture of sassy and serene. We are a lot of fun. We want to make spa really approachable, but we take it very seriously when we're in the room. So the rooms are very soothing and calming, but up front it's fun and bright and it's very unexpected, but also our website, and we're actually redoing it right now, um, is bright and colorful and we're we're really clear about what we want to do. So like, for example, if you are a person like me, who's very outgoing and chatty, don't hide that because you're not going to hide that in the room anyway. So make sure customers and your future clients know that that's what to expect because if they really need something that's more peaceful and not as chatty as I am, they need to go somewhere else or somewhere else within your building. So I, I love that too, the color, the furniture, because basically what you're saying, Ross, is that the client's experience does not end when they actually leave the building. It, it starts on the web. It ends on the web, to be honest with you, because let's be honest, that's where marketing is these days. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, so brand identity is anything visual. Your brand is every consumer touch point uh, with with you. It's it's the the customer support people at your spa. It's the cashier. It's the 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 people who are doing the styling. It's it's your website. It's it's uh, whenever you call and somebody answers the phone. So so at the end of the day, all of those touch points needs to, need to be strong. And and to your point, I mean, brand voice is incredibly important. People make two mistakes with brand voice ultimately. Uh, number one is consistency. They think that they should vary their brand voice depending on the social network they're on. So it may be a particular kind of brand voice inside the spa, and then they think, well, if I'm going to be on TikTok, that's a different consumer, and I'm going to have a different brand voice. And and one of the things, let me just say, one of the mistakes a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs make, not, not just spapreneurs, but I mean a lot of entrepreneurs, is they think they need to be in a social network because there's a social network and everybody's there. If if your clients aren't on that social network, 
don't waste your time on that social network. It's, it's a very common mistake. But, but brand voice is important when it's consistent. So if you have a, a kind of a, a fun, irreverent attitude, um, you should have that attitude inside your spa. You should have that attitude on your website. You should have that attitude on Twitter, wherever you are. Uh, because if you vary that attitude, you're going to create, you're going to confuse people. They won't really understand. Is it, is this the same spa? The other thing, the other mistake that people commonly make is they don't really assess properly who is their customer. So, so you may have a particular skill set. You may be a great storyteller. You may be funny. But if your customers aren't the kinds of people that want to hear jokes, maybe that's the wrong brand voice. So, so one of the things that, that often happens is um, entrepreneurs do a really poor job understanding who their customer is. They, they think that because people walk in through the door and pay money for services, they understand their customer. The reality sometimes is that you really don't. You happen to be lucky to have people walk in. But the reason you're struggling to scale your business and grow it is because you really don't know who your actual customers are. Um, and once you figure that out, the, the spotpreneurs that figure that out are incredibly successful then in growing that business because now they know what kind of people they need to look for, how to talk to them, and the best way to communicate with those people. And that's a, that's a huge differentiator. You're now my favorite man on the planet right now. Um, I'm sorry, Evan, if you're watching this or listening to this, this is my husband. Um, you've been replaced. It's going to be okay because you just literally said everything I teach my spotpreneurs inside my community. That's one of the first exercises we do is building that ideal client avatar and really building her story or history and who they are, what brands they interact with outside of the day spa. Um, it's everything from how many kids do they have to understanding, you know, do they prefer chocolate or vanilla ice cream? And I know it seems silly, spotpreneurs. You're like, what? Because anytime, Ross, I've had anybody do an exercise like that, they're like, why am I doing this? And I'm like, because you're building a story because then if you know she likes chocolate ice cream, you know what, you know, to celebrate chocolate ice cream day in your social media post versus vanilla ice cream day. And it seems silly, but these touch points, like she said, the brand, what it does is it builds that relationship with you. And it builds it so that they know that that's like, no, I'm a de-stress person. I'm a, I'm going to use a geek girl massage person. Like that's actually someone's, um, um, brand is geek girl massage. And she really brings in like her, her, um, treatment room Ross has like TIE fighters and like Starship Enterprise stuff. And, you know, so people know, okay, I'm going into geek land and I, I just love this. So, all right, let's say people are listening and they're finally hearing because sometimes they need to hear it from somebody else's voice than mine. Cause it's like, I'm big sissy and they need it, you know, uncle, uncle Ross to come in and kind of go, okay, what doing, what's the first step then they're, they're ready to really analyze the brand and build a brand identity. What is the first step they need to do? So th there are two paths. First of all, there are going to be some in, in the spotpreneur community who are starting their businesses, starting their spa businesses. And, and for them, the path involves, you know, figuring out obviously some questions around the kind of business they need to build. And then there'll be a group of people that are running existing businesses who may be struggling to grow the businesses as fast as they think they should. It's part of the reason why they're a community. They're trying to figure out how do I accelerate growth? And so those businesses take a different path. We have two phenomenal guides and I'll share with you for the show notes. One is a, a guide to building a brand identity. So it's crowdspring.com slash blog slash brand dash identity. And the other one is uh, how to rebrand. So this is for a business that's been in place for a while and you kind of get to the point where you say, you know what, 
all right, I made some mistakes. Uh, maybe I don't have the visual brand that, that I really want to have, but you know, it's not all lost. I can I could figure this out. So it's crowdspring.com slash blog slash how dash two dash rebrand. And I'll share these for the show notes. But but these guides, the first one, the brand identity guide is 21,000 words. Um, it's free. It has a huge amount of information on, on, on how to go about the branding process. There's one thing that's really critical for both groups. There's something called a SWOT analysis. And this is something that, that a lot of bigger companies tend to do. And, and I would really encourage any business, whether you're starting a new business or you run an existing business, do SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You can do this on your own business. You can do it at a competitor. So if you have a competitor in the space and you're introducing a new spa um, and you want to try to really assess how the competitor is doing. So SWAT gives you an opportunity to figure out what are the strengths of a business? Um, what are the weaknesses? And, and there's a series of questions, 10 to 15 questions that you want to ask yourself, your employees, your staff, your customers, your prospects. And in these guides, we actually give you the, the proper way to do a SWOT analysis and all the questions you should be asking. So weaknesses, opportunities, where's the opportunity? So if you're struggling with your business and you're not sure what to do, um, what are the opportunities to grow the business? And then threats, you know, competitors obviously are threats, but it's beyond competitors too. So your question was, where do you start? If you are starting a new business, you start from day one. Here's the thing that most people don't understand about design. Free design and cheap design is expensive, okay? One of the most expensive things you can do when you start a business is get free or cheap design. And it doesn't make intuitive sense, but here's what happens. When you fail to build a strong visual brand, your entire business suffers. And we talked about that for the last 15, 20 minutes. People have people are confused about your brand. You don't have the same kind of loyalty that you've created. And so when you ask yourself, why can't I build a bigger, better business? Part of the reason is your visual identity. Now, let me say something you're not going to hear for branding agencies. Branding agencies are going to tell you branding is everything, brand, brand, brand. You have a great brand. You're going to be successful. None of that is true. You have to have a phenomenally great product and service. Your spa has to be outstanding. Your people have to be superb. The products that you have need to be good. So it's not that you can take a crappy business and rescue it with a great visual identity, but both are important. You can't have a really great, phenomenally successful spa with a terrible visual identity, nor can you have a great visual identity with a terrible spa. People see through it. So, so the first place to start is when you begin, invest in affordable design. We've got a phenomenal guide I'll share with you on the cost of design. What should design cost, uh, depending on your budget, to give you a great value for the price? You don't have to have everything in place at once as a young business, but just make sure that when you have a good, strong logo, you create a website that plays off of that logo. Your social avatars connect somehow that, that, that people can recognize your business when they see you on a social network and know, hey, that's that's my local spot. That's the one I, that's the one I frequent. Um, when you develop that brand voice, make sure that voice is communicated clearly. One way to do it, and this is true for existing companies, young companies, uh, put together a set of brand guidelines, a style guide. This is something that a lot of people fail to do. It doesn't take a lot of time to do it. When your designer initially creates the, the, the early design for you, like a logo, you can have them tell you, what colors are you using? So, so there is a color for web, 
Um, and there's a color for print. When you print, printers tend to show colors a little differently than, than computer displays. And so the codes for these colors are different. If you printed a business card using the code for web, it won't look the same. And the whole point of the spot is to have consistent identity. It's like telling somebody, yes, I can color your hair brunette, and then they end up with something that's that's blonde, uh, totally different. So at the end of the day, that kind of level of consistency, and ultimately, if you are rebranding or you've been in place for a while, you can do the same thing, document what you're doing. Why is this important? First of all, as you grow your business, you're not going to be the only one running the spa. You're going to have people who are helping you. You're going to have marketers. You're going to have agencies. You're going to have designers working with your, with your visual assets. And you should not make them guess what fonts you're using, what colors you're using, what's the proper way to show your logo on marketing materials or a website. So the style guide is kind of like a Bible, a short, you know, couple page Bible that says, here is what you should use when you use fonts for our marketing materials. These are the fonts. These are the font sizes we use. Here are the colors that we use. Here are the variations of our logo that we use. Because you want people to readily, just like that broken Coca-Cola bottle, mm -hmm. you want them to think of your spa and, and whenever they see your visual identity anywhere. So we go through a lot of details in both of those guides that, that walk you through both new businesses and existing ones. I will be downloading both because I feel like both will have phenomenal value. And I mean, literally like the minute you said SWOT, I was like, yes, because that's something I teach actually in my community um, because I think the SWOT analysis is so critical because it's something you learn in business school and it's just it, it's just a really useful tool. I like to do them um, once a quarter for my business, to be honest with you, Ross, because I just think it, and I like to do it based on different criteria. So sometimes I'll do it on just our marketing and branding. Sometimes I'll do it on our human resources. So if you're a bigger spot like me, you can do that SWOT on any number of like, we'll do it just on our massage division or our skincare division, because, you know, if you do it for overall business, if you're small enough, you can do that. But if you're bigger like me, y'all, please do multiple of them <laughs> because it's just, you're looking at different things. But the other thing too, y'all, is because it's something that's been on my heart and mind is your brand voice also extends to your recruitment of your people. And notice Ross said that he said from your receptionist to your front desk people to this, to that, to your massage therapist, the same thing is understanding your brand voice, understanding your brand means you understand your core values. You understand what your brand represents to your community and yourselves, but also the type of people you're attracting to work inside of your business. Because I'm assuming you do that at CrowdSpring, like when you're bringing on new people, um, you're looking at that as making sure they also implement your brand, right? Absolutely. I mean, we look for, you know, companies talk about culture fit, and I think most mistakenly understand what culture fit is. Every person you add to your team changes your culture. That's just the nature of, of, of how, how people work. And so you're not looking for culture fit, you're looking for a culture enhancer, because what you want that person to do is to make your culture better, not, not detract your culture um, at the end of the day. So absolutely, when we hire, we look for those kinds of people and, and every successful business spends time looking for those people. Because at the end of the day, the reason you want your team to reflect your values is that consumers who are looking for spas, who are, who are, who are trying to choose between your spa and somebody else's, are looking for generally five things. It's the same five things they look at when they buy a television set or a pair of jeans. They're looking for quality, first and foremost. They want to know that, that you offer a quality service and you have quality products. Um, they're looking for trust. They want to know that they can trust you. So when you say use this product, it's coming from a place of, 
um, of, of loyalty and understanding, not just that you want to make a couple of extra bucks. They're looking for convenience. So, so they're looking for something that will make sense so that they can get in, they can spend the time they need and relax and get out without waiting one hour before their appointment and, 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 and all of the things associated with that. They're looking for value aligned. In other words, their values need to align with yours. So part of your brand voice, part of what you do in the community is important. And, and ultimately, younger consumers are also looking for social good. So if you are uh, dealing with a lot of younger consumers, what they resonate with are businesses who are socially active, socially conscious. And that may mean making them aware of the things that you do in the community, um, the, the charity events that you might participate, the things that you do for underprivileged people, the people that you hire might reflect those groups. And, and it may be talking about these issues on social networks, because what you don't want to do on a social network is talk about your spa day in and day out. Nobody wants to hear about your services 100% of the time. What they want to hear is that you are a real brand and 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 really a person because people don't love brands people love people and so so your, your voice has to reflect someone someone in the company that speaks for you just like Swara said in the beginning of the episode when he talked about how he became he was a trial lawyer and he noticed a problem and he decided to solve that problem your brand needs to solve that problem for your clients, whether it be they want less hair on their body or more hair on their body, or they want, you know, to be out of pain or, or whatever it is that you do. The key is, is that what we're saying is consistency will always win. I'm sorry, there is no rush to build a clientele. Again, you don't, it's taken us, we've, we've been open, Ross, since 1996. We started one room and there's a reason why we've been open 25 years because we just consistently kept doing all the things right. And no, it's not easy. Let me tell you, we had, let me tell you this fun story really fast. Talk about brand voice. So um, we had a client that called yesterday and they, they, she had an appointment scheduled for Saturday. Saturday's her busiest day. She wanted to reschedule it. And so my front desk girl, um, Justina was like, oh, sure. I can move you to another day. And the lady goes, oh no, I need to move to later that day. Ma'am, unfortunately we are completely booked. I can put you on the waiting list or I can get you to another day. And the lady without missing a beat said, can you call a client to move them for me? So I can get a later spot. And Justina, without having to be trained on this, because this is, again, our 25-year history has never happened. She just goes, no, ma'am, I'm not going to do that because we respect all of our other, all of our clients, but I'm happy to put you on a waiting list or move you to another day. Not a problem. And just the sheer fact that she was able to do this, our 23-year-old, like just graduated from college, and she had the poise to do that means I'm like, okay, our branding's working, our, our leadership's working because she came afterwards and she didn't have to ask me to intervene. So that's why this is important. It, it impacts your entire, it, it, it just impacts your business, y'all. And if you want a long lasting business, if you want a legacy building business, like again, we're a two generation family business owner here. We're probably going to be a third generation. This stuff matters. And like Russ said, you don't have to do it all in one day. Take just one aspect of his guides and apply it to your business, but it will change. So Russ, where can they find these guides? You mentioned your website and let's talk about your company, what it actually does. Sure. So, so CrowdSpring helps entrepreneurs, spotpreneurs, businesses, agencies, and nonprofits with everything from custom logo design to packaging design, graphic design, web design, product design, and even naming businesses. Um, we believe the great design doesn't have to cost tens of thousands of dollars. Our prices start from 299, including all fees. And you pick from dozens of actual custom designs. This is the innovation we brought to the marketplace. If you remember when I said earlier, I hated the process. You hire a freelancer, you wait for weeks, they give you a logo. And then you say, well, I don't like that logo. Uh, on CrowdSpring, rather than getting 
bids and proposals, you get dozens of actual custom designs for your spa and you pick the one you want. Uh, it starts at 299. So 220,000 freelancers around the world. We've been in business for 13 years. I, I love it. And let me tell you again, there are, I will be really clear. There are some things like certain social media images, things like that. I do in Canva y'all. I'm not even going to lie because it would be very expensive to hire. Though I'm at that point, Ross, with the day spa. I'm like, okay, I need a marketing manager to do this stuff for me. I'm getting too busy with my other stuff, which is a good thing. Like you said, this is a sign of like, you're not doing the actual design, Ross. You have designers, like you said, all over the world that are doing this for you. Um, so, but when it comes to things like logos, do we use Canva, Ross? No. Uh, so, so tools serve a purpose for many things. You're not going to use shampoo to shave somebody. Um, and just in the same way, you're not going to use shaving cream to shampoo somebody's hair. So, so tools serve a purpose. Canva is great if you're doing quick signs, if you're doing the kinds of basic things that supplement your brand. But when you're talking about custom design, your core brand identity, your logo for your business, um, you are hurting yourself. This is, this is what I said earlier. Cheap or free design is very expensive because it holds your business back. So absolutely use Canva, use website templates for landing pages when, when appropriate. They're better than trying to do it yourself, but the best investment you can make in your visual design is to find a way to do things inexpensively, but custom. So that's why that's why we built CrowdSpring. I mean, $299 for a logo was was five to 10 times cheaper than the than the market. And so it gave spapreneurs, other entrepreneurs, a way to actually get custom design that previously you had to hire an agency for. And that changed the rules of the game for, for businesses around the world. So you don't have to get anything free or cheap, nor do you have to pay $20,000. Find a good sweet spot because like with everything else, the choices you make early in building your brand will influence whether you succeed and build a sustainable spa business or you fail. Yeah. This is episode 155 of the podcast. Spapreneurs, I'm going to have a resource guide where I'm literally going to list out all the things that I use our professional designers for. That includes our website. That includes all of our, anything that I have to print, I get the, the grown-up designers to make because like Ross said, the colors on the computer are very different than the colors in there. And I'm not playing in Adobe anymore. The only thing I use Ross in Adobe is Lightroom because I have preset things that somebody made for me and they're really easy to use. But other than that, I don't want to play in that suite. That's a dangerous place for the amateur. Just I'm sure I'm not even going to get into that. That would be another hour-long episode. Um but I'm going to list out all the things in our actual day spot that we use a professional for. It's going to be a one sheet and then anything that you can do quick. But here's the other key thing about Canva, and it's really worth it to do it. Hire a designer to make templates for you in Canva. I will say that because they're custom. You're not copying anybody else. And then therefore you can fill in like the, um, the font and they'll make sure too your fonts are correct. Like he said, fonts across the board. Like I'm already thinking we're not doing some of these things at my day spa. And so I'm like, we're going to change those. This is going to be a fun quarter two project there, Ross. Thank you for inspiring that. So go ahead to CrowdSpring. We'll have all the links to these wonderful guides. Um, and again, spotpreneurs, we don't bring businesses on. Number one, he did not pay to come on here. Did you pay to come on here? Am I being compensated in any way to promote you? No. No, no. I do it because I want to bring great experts to you so you can make really good decisions in your business. I never do affiliate marketing and I rarely do any kind of paid anything when it comes to the podcast because I want you to take my recommendations to heart. I want you to be able to make really sound choices. I just want really intelligent people. This is worth the money. 
Same thing with, um, real quick, do you handle, like you said, naming of the business? Does your company, can they, can you help do any of the patent or the trademarking of logos or is that something else? We don't get into trademarking, but there are many services that, of course, attorneys can do that. Uh, we, yes. we focus on design, custom design and naming. That's our, just that's our sweet spot. Right. I just want to make sure. So if you need, <laughs> I'm going to recommend again, conscious counsel. They were on a couple of weeks ago. I spent, I used another company and they were great. Hashtag legal is the company I use. I'll shout out both of them. But let me tell you, once you get a logo you love and a watermark you love, that's, you want those marked so no one can take them from you. Because you don't believe, Ross, how many cease and desist letters I've had to send over the years of the Spapreneur name. Because it's a good name. And it's like, no, that's mine. The U.S government says so. So please don't use it without my permission. It's it's oh so fun. Very expensive, but worth it. Well, it's good that you're enforcing it. And it is a great name. Yeah, thank you. I think so. All right, Ross, real quick. Last thing I love to tell my guest is ask for my guest is what is making you feel wealthy today? So so nothing to do with money. Uh, just time carved out with uh, with my family. Uh, that that really makes me feel pretty content. I think I think we fixate too much on wealth and, and connecting it to money, and, and there's so many ways to to measure that. So for me, one of the reasons I quit. I mean, I joke, half jokingly say to wear shorts, but but part of what that meant is I wanted flexibility. I wanted to be able to middle of the day say to my son, "Hey, let's go on a bike ride," uh, and uh, and I can do that, which I wasn't able to do when I uh, when I wasn't running my own business now. You know, and your spotpreneurs know running businesses is hard. It's not a cakewalk. You invest a lot of time to create successful businesses, but um, there are trade-offs and one of them is flexibility. I think that that makes me feel wealthy. I love that answer. Again, it is, this is Ross from CrowdSpring. Y'all check them out. The work is beautiful. I was all over the website going, oops, so pretty, so clean and nice and not a lotus flower inside. Again, if nothing else, please stop using lotus flowers. They... We've abused them spas and therefore we should not be allowed to use them anymore unless you're in the desert near actual lotus flowers. That's all I'm going to say about that. Again, head over to um, the website, spapreneur.com and get the show notes for this episode, all the links. And then if you have not yet joined Spapreneur Alliance, that is my free Facebook group where we talk all things about this podcast. I will have all the links to um, Ross and all of his wonderful guides in there. It's super easy. And you can be with thousands of other spapreneurs who are talking about things that actually matter. No mother hens allowed, no judgment, because I don't do any of that. It's just a good time and you learn and you grow because we all want to be successful entrepreneurs. Again, head over to spapreneur.com, get all the links to that. And Ross, thank you for being such an awesome guest today. My pleasure. Happy to talk to you. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to make your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com. <laughs>